Are you ready to make the right moves and unlock your passion? Welcome to From the Inside Out with your host, Carla D. Walker. To be your best self in your personal life and your business life, all you need to do is look within yourself. Now, here is Carla D. Walker. Good morning, world. How are you this morning? This beautiful, beautiful February 19th. What a beautiful morning this is. Sun is shining. And watch the moon. The moon is so large. Or at least it looks like it's closer coming to the sun. I don't think it grew or anything, but uh, it looks like it's coming closer to Earth, at least today. I think this is one of the three super moons that they talked about for 2019. Uh, so be on your lookout. Look where your moon is uh, when it comes up uh, and uh, as it goes to the top of the sky and as it also wow. comes down. I watched it set this morning. But uh, anyway, good morning. Um uh, so happy to be be with you today. Uh, today uh, we're going to talk about very serious subject that uh, is plaguing, I think, uh, our society uh, and uh, uh, particularly in minority communities. We, we we're hearing more and more about it as we're looking at TV or as we're listening to social media. Um, um, our subject today is grief depression and suicide and so it's a heavy topic for nine o'clock in the morning I know but bear with me I think we've got a lot of good information my guest today is Addie Anderson she's a psychotherapist and she's going to help us figure out or weed through some of the minutiae that's out there so we can get a clear understanding in terms of what these things really are how we can uh, get better uh, at handling uh, these things and addressing these things and, and if we have these kind of issues what are we, what are we going to be doing uh, but before we go there I do want to give you some information um, uh, right at the top uh, please feel free to call in here's the phone number is one eight eight eight. if you're in the United States one eight 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 three four six nine one four one. 346 if it's an international call it's zero zero one four eight zero. Five five three five seven six zero. That's zero zero one four eight zero five five three five seven six zero. And we're going to get there's a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today. We don't get through it today. We're going to do another a couple other shows on it. So it's going to be a series in which we'll be talking more about uh, the the uh, issues of grief, depression, and uh, suicide. So to get started, though, and a couple of affirmations I want you to think about and, and focus on today because it is a great day. And today, I want you to release all anger, fear, and guilt completely. Release all anger, gear, and feel completely. Today, I want you to choose to see all difficulties as opportunities to make you stronger. Today, I want you to be thankful for the life that you have. Today, I welcome abundance into my life. Today, I approve of myself fully and I love the person that I am. Today, 
let my actions have a positive impact. And today I choose life. I choose life. So this is the first day of the rest of your life. So we're going to get into our subject. And there's been so much talk about grief for dying and depression and suicide. And in fact, as I was pulling this together, uh, Christoph St. John uh, died in that period, which kind of gave me a signal that maybe we're on the right track in terms of, of talking about this. Uh, but um, because there is so much discussion in social media, in uh, print media, and, and, and I think people are talking amongst themselves. We've also heard a lot of talking about the need to address mental illness and promote the mental health of all people. I think it's good. We throw these terms around, mental illness, grief, depression, suicide, but what do they, what do they all really mean? Understanding and knowing how to handle grief or depression and suicide, mental issues, is a critical part of our overall mental health and wellness. So we need to be clear about what we mean when we talk about these issues and what we mean when we when we see these issues and that we're just not kind of blindly throwing these words out or these phrases out um, at, as we do so many other things. Uh, I can remember we calling people crazy, but what does that really mean? I thought we're using that word very, very, very loosely. We use it all the time. You're so crazy. Um, but when we talk about mental Ill health issues, what is what is what does that really mean? And uh, so we have to be careful how we use it. Be careful how we're directing that language to it. And. And think about or consider how do we talk about it more within our communities, uh, within the, I could say within the black community. I don't hear it talked about a lot. In fact, there's a, seems to be a stigma around mental health, mental health issues um, that we may sometimes hide behind or, or it's one of those things, well, we know it's there, but let's not talk about it so it won't happen or it won't bring it up. Um, but those are the kind of things that we want to get to today and, and that we want to uh, have our guests definitely speak to. And so I want to bring Addie on and uh, ask Addie to uh, say hello and to tell us a little bit about who she is and a little bit about her story in terms of um, working in the health field. So, Addie. Hi. Hi, Thank how you are so you? Much, Carla. You're welcome. Thank so, you so much. I, I really appreciate the affirmations, you know, to get started with some positivity. It's always good to self-affirm for sure and also to kind of practice self-compassion. And uh, the one particularly that stuck out for me uh, that you said was uh, difficulties can make you stronger. Yeah. And that is so true. You know, we have these challenges that we go through sometimes, and in the in the midst of it, they can be very overwhelming. But in the long run, they could teach us a lot of things about ourselves, about life, about the world in general. Mm-hmm. So if I tell you a, a little bit about me, I am a licensed clinical professional counselor. 
and my specialty is working with um, mental health issues, particularly uh, my focus is on grief and loss. But when I got started in this field, I worked with uh, the seriously mentally ill population, and we were dealing with some, you know, just some difficult um, issues going on with people dealing with, with mental illness because, yes, there is a mental health issue that's involved, but then we also deal with a lot of social ills that also impact how we process the world, how we live, and finding the, you know, capacity to kind of sit with people to kind of help them get through these difficult times is mm-hmm. is pretty much how I got started and um, eventually went from working in agencies to starting my own practice mm-hmm. to now having a group practice to where we our whole focus is to help people heal and to help them get better emotionally. Mm. Okay. Well, that's fabulous. This is definitely what we want to get into today. Well, we can you just give it? I want to give everybody a baseline uh, in terms of what we're talking about. So when we talk about or when we refer to mental health, uh, what what does that really mean? Uh, what does it mean to be mentally healthy? Uh, okay, so if if we think about health in general, right? Whether it's mental yeah. health, physical health, emotional health, health is the way our bodies feel, and work. Hmm. But with mental health, it means having good ways to deal with our feelings, and we also know how to enjoy life, even when things are hard. Hmm. To be mentally healthy says to me that you have the ability and the confidence to process and deal with situations that come your way. We don't always have the answers. But we have the resolve to be resourceful and try and figure things out without Mm. losing ourselves in the process of it. Uh, What kinds of things, what kind of things maybe, I'm sorry to catch you, what kind of things influence uh, a person's mental health? Well, if you think about uh, self-esteem, you know, it's Mm -hmm. the way we, the value that we place on ourselves has a lot to do with how we deal with our mental health. It's also important that we feel loved. You know, growing up, we need our caregivers to be there for for us to kind of model for us what it means to be able to receive love and give love. Knowing that somebody cares about you and is in your corner goes a long way with our mental health. Mm. Confidence, you know, being able to face challenges. I I just mentioned that a minute ago, being able to face challenges and take risks builds confidence. It it makes you feel good and proud uh, of who you are and what you're able to do. Uh, We're not compartmentalized, right? So we have our mental health, but we also have our physical health. And poor physical uh, health can affect your self-esteem and even your ability to be self-sufficient. So if if your health, physical health is poor, just imagine how that pulls on your emotional health when you're not able to kind of function at full capacity and sometimes even at uh, 80% capacity, say. Hmm. Um, so you're, say, you're saying there's a connection between our mind, our body, um, spiritual health to relative to mental health, being mentally oh, healthy? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we're, 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 it's all connected. It's definitely all connected. 
And when we think about, uh, you know, growing up, people who may have been abused, whether Mm -hmm. they were abused physically, uh, sexually, psychological, sometimes there's a lot of verbal abuse in homes. Mm -hmm. You know, those types of abuses just limit your ability to trust, Mm -hmm. and um, it it shatters your sense of safety. And when Mm -hmm. you don't feel safe, you don't have that security, then there are a whole lot of things that can go into, you know, uh, you having some kind of mental health disorder. Okay. And what else can we say about relationships, right? We need people. We're not an island. We, we mm-hmm. like to be connected. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of research out there now showing and recognizing the value of friendships. One mm-hmm. of the things we look for when, when someone walks into our office, you know, and you talk about... You, you just try and get a snapshot as to what their life is like. You know, one of the mm-hmm. things I always ask is, you know, who are the people in your life? Is there mm-hmm. someone you can go to when you, you know, you have these issues you want to talk about and you're not going to be judged and criticized mm-hmm. and analyzed, you know, for what you say? So it's isolation is one of the signs that we look for to kind of determine whether someone is kind of going down this slippery slope Mm. Because we know it's important to have connections, you know, with people. They're very valuable. And um, and I think we might talk a little bit about this later, but, you know, diet. Mm, okay. You know, That's a good diet, question. How does food impact your mental health? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that the excess of processed foods, you know, uh, sweets, you know, foods with low nutrient value, you know, it mm-hmm. can undermine our mental health, and and there's also a lot of research out there now showing that healthy fats, you know, such as omega-3, omega-6 mm-hmm. fatty acids, as well as the fats that you might find in avocados, which I love, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, can boost brain power and improve and help to improve your mood. I can remember uh, back in the day when I was working with that seriously ill population, how psychiatrists would often have people who are di- diagnosed with schizophrenia for, you know, just say schizophrenia, encouraging mm-hmm. them to use fish oil, you know, to kind of help with boost the brain power. There's also uh, having developed in recent years, and I guess recent, I'm going to guess maybe around 10 years or so, this okay. practice in psychiatry called functional medicine. Okay. And it talks about the connection of, you know, food, nutrients, uh, all those things that our bodies can be deficient in that might also mimic mental health um, symptoms. So, you know... Can you give me an example of of what that, what might mimic a mental health symptom? So one of the things I, you know, ask people, you know, when was the last time you had a physical exam? If they haven't had one recently, then that's one of the first things I ask that they do. Ask the doctor uh, to kind of, um, you know, check your level of vitamin D. You know, because oh. if you're if you're deficient in vitamin D, then some of those symptoms, the deficiency symptoms, could mimic, you know, symptoms of depression. And so, really, you, absolutely. And so, you want to make sure you know, that you keep your physical health intact so that you can keep your mental health intact. 
So I know some of my callers live in states where they get a lot of sunshine. So don't can't you just get the vitamin D through the sunshine, or 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 do they really need to take or or do people need to take supplements for vitamin D or? You know, that would probably be on an individual basis. You know, people should check with their healthcare profession, professional. Uh, I know, like in climates where I am uh, in in the north, you know, we don't get it. We're, we're not outside as much as someone is who's, say, like in Florida. Right. <laughs> um, and if you're not eating properly, I'm guessing no matter where you are, if you're not eating the proper foods that's going to give you enough of the vitamin D that you need in your body, then it's uh, it's probably going to be also necessary that you uh, maybe take a supplement and, you know, but talk to your doctor, get those levels checked to see where you are and make sure that you keep those vitamin D levels and any other deficiencies that you might have in your body. You know, pay attention to those and yeah. keep them at a, at a normal level so that you can avoid some of the issues that might come up as a result. Okay. Does ethnicity play a role in mental health? And if so, how how does it? Well, I let's approximately let's just say in the U.S. there are approximately eighteen percent of adults in the U.S. that have a diagnosable mental disorder in in any given year. Okay. And that's about 4% of the adults within that population would also have a serious mental illness. Most minority groups overall have similar or in some cases fewer mental disorders than, say, the majority population. Okay. But the consequences of the mental illnesses in the minorities Mm -hmm. may be long-lasting. So the impact of the of the actual mental illness can be worse, even though there may be fewer instances, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So so it, it can play a role, but it's not necessarily because it's genetic or hereditary. Right. It could be, it could be the environmental impacts. Oh, absolutely. Oh. You know, there are barriers that um, consist of say, like lack of insurance or under-insurance. If you don't have the capacity to go to the doctors and and see about these things, then, you know, it can definitely prolong them. You Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier about the stigma. That's a huge piece of um, mental health issues in in the black community for sure. Okay. And um, let's think about the lack of diversity that might be in in the mental health field when it comes to providers. You may not have enough providers in the field mm-hmm. that, um, and I and I don't mean to say that if if you're let's just say if you're if you're uh, say a, a white clinician or or a medical doctor that you don't have the capacity to understand what's going on with someone else other than right. you know, but um, you know, but it has shown to be an issue at, at some times because of the lack of cultural um, competence. Sometimes there can be language barriers. And let's think about this, too, when it comes to uh, minorities, especially in the black community. There is a distrust in the health health care system. 
Mm. And so if people don't have the trust in the system, then they're not going to utilize it. Okay. Well, you know, we're getting into some really good stuff. I want to talk more about it when we come back from break and uh, talk about the link between, or is there a link between grief, depression, and suicide when we come back? Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's time for you to take a sweet and honest look at your life. Tune into Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Each week, Nikki invites you to call into the program where she will connect with each listener to show the power of God's love in every unique instance. There are gracious gifts and elements of power within each one of us. You just need to discover them and find your life's purpose. Live healthier and happier. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tune into From the Inside Out. To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the Inside Out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Well, so thanks for coming back. We're talking about grief, depression, and suicide. We've got my guest, Addie Anderson. Uh, on the line, and uh, what I want to to just get some clarity on or, or talk about a little bit is the connection between, or I just I asked the question: Is there a connection between grief, depression, and suicide? And and I'd like if you could, Addie, just kind of give us a brief um, uh, definition or kind of define grief, depression, and suicide. But also when you when you talk about grief, if you could 
uh, tell me or tell my my listeners as well. Um, the, is grief only found uh, when when an individual dies? I think we think of grief for people going through grief when somebody dies. Uh, is it possible to grieve something that is not human? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, grief is a natural reaction to the loss of something or someone that you that's important to you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be death. Any kind of loss that's important to you will have the possibility to create these same grief reactions as if someone died. So it could be a loss of a job? It could be the loss of a job. It could be the loss of a relationship. Hmm. It could be the loss of a pet. You know, pet loss is extremely devastating to people. Yeah, yeah. So just remember that grief is, is, is the natural reaction to a loss. Most people are able to manage grief and kind of move on with their lives after a loss. But there are reactions to grief that are similar to depression. But remember, grievers are not depressed. You know, they're grieving. Grief is not pathological. It's not a mental health disorder. Okay. Grief is an experience we have after we lose something that's important to us. And that loss is, is you know, it could be, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, it can be it's subjective. So no one can determine how someone else should respond to a loss because you don't know all that goes into the experience of that person having had with whatever that loss is. So because you might not grieve the loss of your brother <laughs> or the loss of your job doesn't necessarily mean that if someone else does um, that it doesn't matter or it's not important. So it's okay. a very individual process that we go through when it, when it comes to grief. But, I, you know, I, now if over time grief is not resolved, the person you know, might start to begin to feel stuck in that grief. And there is something that's called complicated grief, which might also include a person becoming depressed. Okay. So I hope I, that I can distinguish between those. Oh, please, um, yeah. Yeah. And so there are people who, who might be depressed when it gets so bad. You know, it's like they're at this, at this place where they just don't feel like um, things are going to get better. They don't, they're not able to kind of process or see any options beyond what they're dealing with. Then, you know, that could, you know, lead into someone completing a suicide, mm. having suicidal attempts. And so that's why it's important that people understand what those signs of depression are mm -hmm. and get help when they are unable to kind of manage it on their own. So now all grief does not lead to depression and all depression does not lead to suicide. Is that, absolutely. would you say that's true? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. at what point, and I don't know if this is something you can answer, but it, what comes to mind for me, at what point do I know that my grief has now turned into depression? Well, okay, so you, you might have 
the similar reactions, the same reactions that you might have to simple grief, you know, normal grief. And those reactions might be that you find it difficult. You have a change in the way you kind of sleep. Your appetite might kind of fluctuate. Mm -hmm. Uh, People find it hard to concentrate and focus you might start to kind of feel hopeless and helpless in some ways, you know, because the emotions of grief can just really, really overtake you. Okay. And um, so if over time you're not, you're finding that those symptoms are not moving, Uh meaning that they are kind of, you're kind of stuck there, you're still processing the death, you know, as you did when it first happening, when it mm-hmm. first happened, you have this intense yearning that won't go away. Then, what we we call that um, that you could be going into complicated grief, and usually after about a year, you know, it's when you know some a professional would start to kind of look at that differently than okay. just say the normal simple grief, okay. and then that's when it can kind of go into a depression. If you're not able to move, if, if your grief cannot be fluid it's, and, and continue to move, even though it's going to move back and forth. You know, it's okay. not linear. You will have what people call, I, have, I had a good day today, I had a bad day today. Mm-hmm. But over time, you start to see that the intensity and severity of those grief reactions will start to lessen. And when that so- doesn't happen, then that could dwarf into something more so just so so we're clear uh, what is the, um, how how would you define or describe I should say depression for us I mean what 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 does that mean when mm-hmm. somebody is depressed well um, some of the com- common symptoms of depression you know is Similar to what I just said about uh, grief, you know, there is a change in sleep. Mm-hmm. You might have a change in your appetite either way, meaning you're overeating, not eating enough, uh, oversleeping, not getting enough sleep, maybe have interrupted sleep. Uh, you find it difficult to also concentrate and focus. You know, work might come very difficult for you at that particular time. You increase the chances of making mistakes, you know, when you're, Uh, trying to do something that you need to focus on. Mm -hmm. A lot of people might have a loss of energy. They just don't have the energy, the desire to get up and go out and do anything. Um, A loss of interest in things that they at one point in time found pleasurable. That's a question I ask all the time. You know, what are some of the things you enjoy that you haven't done in a while? Mm -hmm. Because it's important that we stay connected to those things that are fulfilling to us. Um, okay. Low self-esteem, you start to have hopelessness, helplessness, feeling worthless, and um, physical pains also can be present in someone who's depressed, meaning you might have aches and pains in your body. From depression? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You can get headaches and uh, definitely aches and pains in your body, Definitely. That, that is that connectedness we talked about earlier, right? You know, the mind-body connection. Okay. So we're not compartmentalized. You know, it's, we're all one here. And so one area of our health affects another area, for sure. So does, does depression, is it more common in some people than others? 
Well, for sure, um, it's more common in, if you want to look at it gender-wise, you know, women are 70, 70% more likely than men to experience depression. And um, although the rates of depression are lower in African Americans and Hispanics uh, than, you know, in whites, depression in blacks and Hispanics, I think I mentioned earlier, it just kind of, it's likely to be more persistent. But when it comes to gender, women are more prevalent to have uh, depression than men. Is that because of of uh, child rearing, or <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that your children make you depressed. I mean, they might, but I don't. I'm not saying that. Well, it's that. stress. You know, it's yeah. stress. Not being able to kind of, you know, get through things at, at difficult times, and you know, especially for women, we have this this superwoman mentality mm. that we think we need to be able to do it all all the time and do it well. Mm-hmm. and um, not have the capacity to kind of say, okay, you know, I can't do it all, so I need to pull back. And so I think a lot of it is societal, just, you know, how we're reared and um, that can at some point take a toll on you. Yeah. If you're trying to be perfect, just imagine the energy it takes to to portray this sense of perfectionism that, mm-hmm. you know, my life is... is all this, all that, wonderful, and 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 the balls that you're having to juggle in the air to keep that perception going. Mm-hmm. That will make anybody depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially yeah. when those balls start to fall, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think, yeah, I think we a lot of that is societal. We hear a lot about for women. I, I just want to beat on this just a little bit. Postpartum depression, uh, mm-hmm. where after a woman has uh, a child, uh, that she can, you know, which most people, I think, I would say most people in society, would say, oh, this should be the happiest time of her life. And we find that for some, some women, not so much. Yes. Yeah, um, for sure. And, yeah, that message that we get that it should be the happiest, and then for whatever reason, I don't know a whole lot about postpartum. I don't know if there is, um, you know, something chemically going on within the body after you've Mm -hmm. had this trauma, really, right? Like having and and birthing a baby is traumatic to the system. Yes. And um, I... For some women coming out of that, it could definitely set in some kind of postpartum, and it mm-hmm. not and it's not just that. It, you know, you have to understand. You know, there it's just usually not just one factor right. that throws someone into depression. Okay. It could be, you know, like the expectations. It could be uh, diet, which we've talked about. You know, just so many things that could go into. Um, having a person, you know, feeling depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to shift gears for a minute and, and talk a little bit about suicide. So there are um, there are situations where people can become so depressed mm-hmm. uh, that they eventually start considering ending their lives. 
And and I don't. Uh, I think most people think you should be able to recognize those symptoms, or you should be able to know that this is happening. Um, mm-hmm. What Maybe can you depression? tell us? Uh, well, the depression to the extent that somebody's about to commit suicide. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know what? What is it about? And I don't. I, and you may not be able to answer this, but but I immediately think, what is it about? Uh, uh, depression or being depressed or that emotional state that makes you feel that this is the only way out of it suicide um, yeah, because for whatever reason you're not able to see anything differently mm. and I don't know you know if that sometimes those issues have been prolonged meaning that mm-hmm. you've dealt with them for a long time and you're not getting any relief and so you start to wonder, is this ever going to get better? <clears throat> mm. And um, so, you know, there, there are some warning signs. I don't know that I can say that, sui- that suicide is preventable, you know, because I think that issue overall is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did mention that, you know, that you're hearing about it a lot. And suicide is on the rise. You know, mm. my understanding is that there are about 120 lives lost daily due to suicide and so it is definitely something that as a as a as a society we need to pay attention to so you know what about the warning signs some of the warning signs are you know if you if you notice that people start to give away some of their possessions Um, Mm. substance use are they abusing Mm -hmm. substances Mm Sometimes they make suicidal threats. You take those, take all of those seriously. <laughs> um, right. People start to have a negative view of themselves. They just don't like themselves, don't see themselves able to kind of function and keep it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that there is this sense of hopelessness and no hope that the future for them will 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 change and will get any better. So it's like, what's the use? Why am I here? Mm. Um, that isolation or feeling alone comes up again. I mentioned that earlier when it, when I talked about depression. It's so important mm-hmm. that we stay connected to people. And if you find that someone is isolating themselves, um, that along with other signs could be, you know, these things alone, you know, don't necessarily mean that mm-hmm. someone is, but, you know, along with the, some of the other signs. There might also be some aggressiveness and irritability. People have short fuses. You know, they, they, they're just not able to have patience. Uh, you know, whatever it is that they're lacking or needing, um, they want it to go away. They need it now. And so what does that mean? That they become aggressive sometimes and, and can be very irritable and have a short fuse. Right. Um, pay attention to people that may possess some kind of, of, of lethal, have some kind of lethal means of actually carrying out a suicide. Right. And, right. Um, yeah, so just, you know, those types of things, feeling like a burden. If someone says they feel like a burden on others, hmm. that might also be another one of the signs. Okay. I know uh, JAMA, the Journal uh 
study and that was done in May of 2015 uh, said the suicide rate among those younger than 13 years old was uh, two times higher for black children. So uh, there's something going on in our society um, that is impacting our children in a negative way that they feel that they have to take their young lives in order to escape it. And yeah, so this absolutely. Is so, something that I wonder really, if, that, if that is that sense of not feeling connected. If that, hmm. if that's or on maybe, the rise. Maybe it's maybe too connected with social media. Uh, well, yeah, but that's being, a false connection. Yeah, yeah, but but being younger, do you know it's a false connection? You know, if we yeah. if we look at how people, yeah. <clears throat> how our younger people are connecting with each other, is through. Mm-hmm social media is through texting mm-hmm. is through technology so this is that's something that uh, I think we need to, we'll need to talk about further um, uh, when we come back I'd like to maybe talk about some resources or uh, some things that you can do uh, uh, that if you uh, if you know someone or if you're in this in a particular um, a state of mind or you know someone in it or you're impacted by it that uh, may help when we come back on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com again that's jeff spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, then it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into from the inside out 
To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the inside out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Um, I, I want to get into what do I do if, uh, what do I do if I feel this way or if I'm finding myself, I'm grieving or if I'm um, uh, feeling depressed, I'm not sure whether I'm uh, clinically depressed or, or not. I mean, how do I do that? Or, or if I'm feeling as though I don't see any other way to, to get out of this uh, and I'm considering suicide. So what are some things that potentially I could do? What are some things that um, uh, people can do if they know people who are in this situation? Uh, what are the resources out there um, that are available to, to folks? Okay. Well, okay, so if you know someone who you might suspect is suicidal or they're saying to you that they're suicidal, then the first thing is I want you to take it seriously, you know, and even if they've said it a hundred times previously, each time you take it seriously because you never know at that when that particular time they will actually attempt to carry through. Uh, encourage help. Talk up to them about getting help. In that process of talking and sharing, you also must be a good listener. This is not the time to try and fix whatever it is they're saying mm. that, um, you know, they're going through. They need somebody to be able to sit in this space with them and mm. listen to what they're saying because a lot of times people just feel like they're not being listened and heard. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be afraid to use the word suicide or death. Mm. Don't beat around the bush with that. You know, we don't want to say, you know, are you thinking about hurting yourself or anything mm-hmm. like that? Just say, are you thinking about killing yourself? Right. Just be very matter-of-fact with that. Keep the hotline, the suicide hotline on in your phone, you know, if you want to uh, always have access to it. And that hotline number is 800-273-8255. Okay. Uh, a website that you can refer to as well is suicidepreventionlifeline.org. That's suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Mm-hmm. With a griever, you know, I think you asked about that too, but it's yeah. similar. It, it's, it's, it's important that you be present with that griever. It's not always uh, necessary that you're doing something. Just being able to sit with those difficult, devastating emotions, that in itself is not an easy task. And I'm mm-hmm. by no means saying that it's easy to do, but that's what, it, that's what a griever needs, is someone to be there for them. Recognize the uniqueness of that grief to that person. It's always helpful, too, if you can kind of anticipate what their needs are. Because you mm. hear people say, well, call me if you need something, or let me know what you need. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't know what they need, and most of the time they're not going to call you. So um, just kind of... Can you, say that, can you say that again? I just want to make sure people understand that, that when we ask them what do you need, yeah, 
that sometimes they, they, you ask what they need, you say, call me when you need something. Most of the time they don't know what they need in that moment, and the chances are high that they're not going to call you. Mm. So if you would just kind of anticipate what those needs are and then act upon that. It might just mm. be, you know, going by and walking the dogs, you know, or it could be taking a meal or, you know, what I found um, to be so helpful, um, someone mentioned this to me, is that they had someone just bring them stamps, you know, because they wanted to mm. send out uh, thank you notes to people uh-huh. after the loss of someone. And just to have those stamps mm-hmm. right there in front of them was a huge need fulfilled. So mm-hmm. just kind of anticipate what those needs are. And, um, you know, you, you do what you can. But don't try to fix it. Don't try to fix them because as grievers, they're not broken. What they're mm. doing is they're hurting Mm-hmm. This is not a, a mental health disorder. This is an experience that they're having as a result of a loss that they ha- that they've gone through. Uh, what I, I one of the things I I use in my practice is the grief recovery method. Okay. And um, I would I'll give you the website to there griefrecoverymethod.com. dot com. Um, there are tons of resources online for grievers. Mm-hmm. You know whether it's after you've lost a spouse or a child or a sibling, just tons of them. And if you if you like more, feel free to email me, and okay. you can um, contact me at addie.therapyoakpark.net, and I'll be willing to kind of share a lot of those resources with you. And Addie, how do you spell you? I got spell out Addie. A d d i e. Okay. Dot therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Therapy Addie resources, therapy you said? Okay. Okay. And I guess I, I, I just want to add, we have a tendency to say, to try to tell people, okay, you've grieved enough now, time to move on. Mm-hmm. It's enough. Stop. Uh, whether that's the death of someone or the loss of something. Mm-hmm. that we, in our attempt, I think, to help, try to put a time limit on people's grief. Absolutely. And there is no time limit. There is no formula here. You know, and it's, it's, it's like a thumbprint. Mm-hmm. Each person's grief is, is as unique to them as our own thumbprint. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you hope that you start to see people get better, But there is no timeline. If you think about, you know, that first and second year after the loss of someone when birthdays and anniversaries and holidays, all those things that are going to come up to Mm -hmm. remind that person about the the, 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 um, person that they've lost. Mm -hmm. You know, you just kind of keep reliving it in a lot of ways. But over time... If things are going okay, then, you know, they will get better. And in grief, it's not always either that time heals the wound. You hear that a lot. Time will heal the wound, and it's not time that heals the wound. It's what's happening between those bands of time that's going to Mm -hmm. help you heal. Because I have had people come in my office who 
were still grieving the death of someone that died 15 years prior. Wow. It's like they've been stuck in that place and in that space and unable to kind of move themselves forward. Mm-hmm. And um, so time, time in and of itself, sometimes it's just not enough. Give people, give people space, give them time to do it, but also be there for them. It's like this dance you have to, <laughs> you have to figure out, how do I do this? Some people just don't know what to do, how to do, and what happens is they end up doing nothing. But, um, you know, just kind of be there for them. Just be there. And be, meaning you don't always have to do. Just to okay. they know that you're there for them when they need you. Okay. Well, sometimes it's, it's just a simple thing as a call, saying, hey, how you doing? Or mm-hmm. or just stopping by and, and sitting with them, huh? Yes, stopping yeah. by, sitting... Uh, I always like to tell people, don't be afraid to use the person who's died name to that griever. Mm. You know, let them know that uh, you remember this person, you know, that died. They don't want to kind of feel like this person never existed. And the thought is, if I say their name, then it's going to make him or her sad. That, that might be true. But at the same time, there is comfort to um, grievers when they when you use the name of the person that they lost. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to do that. It can almost be an insult if you don't, right? Yeah, it can almost be an insult if if you don't. But the what happens is that people, you know, we're just not equipped in general, right, to kind of to kind of know what to do with all those emotions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen someone who's in intense grief, but the emotions are very raw. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, we might we, send a signal we, that something is wrong, <laughs> but it's not. Well, I was gonna, I was just going to say we've just had you know several, um, unfortunately, anniversaries of major death Trayvon Martin's uh, mm-hmm. death and the Stoneman Douglas. Uh, I guess we call it a massacre, the, where the gunman came in and killed all the, I think it was 17 um, students here in Florida. So they're still grieving. And, uh, they're still grieving. They're still grieving. You know, and, uh, and those people will live on forever. Uh, Trayvon Martin, his, his parents are making sure that he lives on, for, he lives on beyond what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we'll ever forget who he was and how this narrative of him came to be. Mm-hmm. And that's well, what you do. Well, uh, we're coming up to the end of the hour. Addie, I want to thank you so much uh, for the conversation. There's just so much here to talk about. I'm sure we're going to do more discussions on this. I'm going to have you back to talk more about it. But I do appreciate you being here today and sharing um, your expertise with our listeners. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having right. me. So next week um, is the 26th. We're going to have uh, uh, someone from Sisters from AARP on. But before we leave, I just want to give you a quick quote from Harriet Tubman. And she says, every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember, you have within you the strength, 
the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. If you don't, uh, if you hear the dogs, keep going. Uh, I think that's fabulous. Um, a good way to end it because I'm hearing the dogs. We got to go. So, again, thank you so much. Uh, love you. Thanks for being a part of the show. And from the inside out, this is Carla. Take care. See you next time. Thank you for listening to From the Inside Out. Be sure to join your host, Carla D. Walker, for another episode of the program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week.